0: Welcome to the Inspiring Minds podcast, hosted by Justin Starbird and presented by the Edison Awards. Listen as Justin talks with innovators and pioneers that are changing the world around us. True modern day Thomas Edisons walking among us. Guests will answer the most difficult of questions facing startups, established brands, and folks with great ideas that are just getting started. Learn how these amazing innovators have gone from concept to commercialization and what it took to get there. Take notes as they share with Justin how they navigated through research, development, and in true Thomas Edison fashion, marketed and sold their newfound innovations. You're listening to the Inspiring Minds Podcast.
1: Welcome back to this episode of Inspiring Minds. My name is Justin Starward, and today we have CEO Dan Harden of, of Whipsaw back with us today um, to talk a little bit more about product design and commercialization. Dan, welcome back. Hey, thanks. Great to be here again. This is exciting. You're the first two-time guest of the Inspiring Minds podcast, so congratulations. You're, you're, <laughs> Thank you. Hit our own milestone here. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Dan, last time uh, we talked, um, we got into a lot of depth and detail about product design, um, how you go about working with clients, helping them you know, create expectations as to how the project will go and, and move forward. Today, I wanna to talk a little bit about how you take some of those, you know, projects, and concepts, um, and designs that you actually have created and, and created for um, the client and turn them into commercialized products. So, sure. you know, I think, I think it's a really neat topic for us to discuss because uh, at the Edison Awards, We've been fortunate to recognize some of those really amazing uh, projects that that have made it uh, and, and see that work at the end.
2: Yeah. And, you know, to most people, it's kind of a mystery or maybe they don't even think about where products come from. They just are right. So, you know, you go to the store and you see these things and you're like, Oh, what it just exists. There are countless hours weeks and even years that go into the development of a lot of products out there especially the more innovative ones that where it requires a lot of a lot of development a lot of brain power to pull it off and process is everything process is key to innovation you've got to have a sound process to get you there and every project is different we tweak our process to the particular needs that the client may have or to the opportunity that it may exist through the technology the science or the factors that will will potentially allow it to actualize mm-hmm. so and then so you have to craft a process like i said it's it's different um but common between with each client but uh there are commonalities between like the work you do for a startup as well as a giant fortune 100 company you still have to go through this sort of the research the understanding the needs finding the exploration the testing the evaluation the making etc and it's it's um to me it's that's really what makes my job so much fun is the process
1: it's interesting you say the process because, you know, one of the things that you, you said right off is that um, people walk into the store and say, oh, a product, of course, I'm going to buy that. There's no there's no thought or logic um, to how, how it got there. And when you think about innovation, you don't necessarily think about process. You think of like, you know, some lab and all of a sudden, poof, something appears. Um, how do you take that process and actually, you know, one share it with a potential prospector or a client of yours uh, to create something and, and help them realize that, Hey, you know, even though we're coming up with something brand new, it still fits within this, uh, you know, dynamic um, because we know that works. How do you,
2: how do you go about explaining some of those things? Oh, great question. You know, most clients that come to us, especially the startups, they have not been through a product development process before. So they just don't know. There's some, Again, there's a lot of mystery even from our clients, not just the consumers about how these, these things come to be, but we, we try to frame the process in terms that everyone and anyone can understand, first of all. That's most important. And there is, we try to use logical terms, uh, especially left-brain terms that, that don't scare the client. In other words, we try to frame the givens, make things very clear about what can and likely cannot be done, although we rarely use the word impossible. Um, And then we lay out a sequence of activities with the associated deliverables where it makes sense for what needs to happen in order to get something through the development process. So uh, for example, we were using, more recently, we're using this acronym called esteem. Just like the word, esteem. And the E, it starts with examination. You examine a condition or a problem. It might be that a particular client has some unrealized intellectual property that they want to take to market. It might be that the, their competition is really killing them with something pretty awesome. Um, But these are conditions and it's often the conditions are also also include I think actually most importantly would be the end users needs expectations the emotionality wrapped around a a Proposed experience, etc. So examination really is research and The next thing we do is just sort of be with a problem and here we're being full designers The S is seeing that's really just being with the problem. Seeing is also listening, observing, and putting down some thoughts without overthinking it, without tons of strategy. Just be the full designer that you are. Just try some things, just hunches, notions. Now, most of these are going to be wrong, but that's where you get into the next. The T is the thinking part. There's a lot of talk about design thinking nowadays, and in the last yeah. decade, it's you know, been a big process innovation. And a lot of companies have been successful using design thinking. Sometimes it doesn't always net you the result that you expect, perhaps because it's um, a little too much methodology sometimes, but we try to let the seeing influence the thinking. So now you have these pragmatic factors and these emotive factors that come together that form insight and inspiration so that now you can begin to the next E, explore. And the exploration has to be very wide, in our opinion. And the exploration comes in many different forms. It manifests in different forms. So, a lot of sketching, a lot of diagrammatic thinking, a lot of strategy, um, a lot of uh, even we jump into CAD early. You know, computer aided design is a, is a very good tool. Um, and the next E is evaluating what you have. This evaluation phase is important just to understand, okay, where are we? Now, all of these, all of these words that I'm using so far are words that a typical client, or anybody can understand. They're like, okay, that makes total sense. Mm-hmm. You evaluate after you explore. And then you make it. That's the end of the esteem. You the making would be, you know, prototyping, 3D printing, machining. Or manufacturing it, but it's more likely that after you go through this esteem process, once you go through it again and again, you have to iterate, and you go, you go back, you go back and forth. A design process is not a linear thing. It's it's something that is. Um, I think we talked about this on our first discussion. How uh, you know it's it's ephemeral in a lot of ways. You can't really pin it down, there's something really wonderful about that. You just have to be confident that as you move through this process, you trust in yourself and your team that you will get there if you remain curious, if you remain uh, tenacious in every move that you make and keep trying and things will fail. Accept the failure, that's part of the process again. Um, just yeah. get right back up on your horse, do it, do it again.
1: Well, I just spoke with a, um uh, somebody the other day, and um was yeah they do uh, optical design and manufacturing um they 're specific to um endoscopes and uh and and different uh medical device instruments and their specialty specialty is sub millimeter uh, lighthouse optics they 're actually based here in maine, um maybe a potential Edison award nominee for this year too um and so uh, a lighthouse company in maine yeah uh, it was all so, where that's going to happen. That's got to be it, right? So, it lighthouse optics and their lighthouse imaging, they're um, so they're based here, but they they are at the cutting edge of you know medical optical design and and basically cameras um for these endoscopes. And at some millimeter, you know, it gets really small to produce HD images and those sorts of things. But you know, as I was talking to the CEO, um, you know he was describing the product development process they have and and in uh you know trying to stay on brand essentially they all those um you know process milestones they turned into a wave so instead of it being you know step one step two step three it's like well you know as the wave crests you know the next process could start at any point uh where that wave ends um you know, on its way down. And so it was a really interesting analogy, um, you know, and they, and the imagery they use is, you know, the waves crashing into the, into the lighthouse being the beacon of of them and their vision. And I think that's really similar to what you're saying is that you have, you know, uh, these milestones that you try to walk these customers and clients through, but at some point they're all integrated and um, right. you know there's no specific starting point and an end point because to your point you know you could be at a point at a certain uh stop and need to go back and and re-explore for example yes. uh, totally. and and continue to to see things think uh, and then evaluate right so i,
2: yeah. I think it's a really good process not only do you have do you need the freedom to be able to jump back at any time but it's okay to leap forward quite a bit too. Like for example, if you have some little brainstorm, it might be in the form of a sketch to like suddenly jump in a CAD and go make a prototype of it. That's okay. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that says anything in the creative process is wrong. You just have to get, you know, you you need to stay focused on what that end objective is. And that might be this realization of a technology. For example, it might be, enlightening users with a new kind of experience that they had never seen before that gives them some kind of benefit, some kind of relief of their condition or some kind of delight. Right. Right. You have to constantly remind yourself why you're why you doing something and be open to shifting your own process even midstream. Yeah, You know, it's like taking a journey across the country. You, you say, well, I think we're gonna take Route 66, but then you see this little signpost that says, there's a cool little restaurant down this corner and you end up in Mexico and then you end up in Guatemala and you're inspired all the way you have to be that way in design you have to let your creativity guide you and your own inspiration your team's inspiration guide you all the while keeping your end game in focus because of course clients they've got deadlines right you need to be able to ship a product and at the end of the day, it is a business. Design is also a business, so you need to be able to meet milestones. It's it's not um, you know it's not a free for all. That's for sure. <laughs> Very few clients let you just explore for years.
1: Some do. Some yeah no no doubt. Where where are those milestones where you're like where where you or the team you know finally say hey we think at this we think it's at a point now where you know, we feel comfortable going to market. Like, you know, what, what does that, that, that transition look like? What does that stop point look like?
2: Well, there are a lot of phases you go through before ever getting to that moment where you say, okay, we're ready to go to market. But specifically when you are at that stage where you are ready to go to market, you have tested your concept. Um, You have analyzed every single dfm element design for manufacturing elements so it's usually fully engineered not only designed um, you've made a series of prototypes you have potentially talked to user groups end user groups to validate you're really looking for full validation uh, you've also completely vetted your solution in regards to cost uh, can you reduce the cost any more uh, can you improve the sustainability factors? Um, have you analyzed all of your materials and processes so that you can optimize them for, when it does reach the market, that, that it gives you the result that you want? Mm-hmm. You're, you're also, um, as, you're, as designers, you, you have this opportunity to refine your design to the point where you get it where you're like, well, I don't think we wanna change anything else. Because designers typically, me included, believe me, I'll tweak it all day long, you know, because there's always something you can do. There's always a detail that you'd like to iterate on. But you're always up against the deadline and you yeah. need to call it. You need to call it when, you're, when you've pretty much done all those things and your client is ready to tool it or we are ready to go tool it. Yeah. When, once you're at
1: that spot, where, you know, you call it, you're ready to tool it. Um, do you, uh, how, how close do you, do you um, work with, you know, their marketing and communications team to, you know, take some of those elements of the journey to tell the story of, you know, how it came to be?
2: Um, it varies. Some clients want to keep that top secret. They don't even want us to say who that we designed it. Um, it's so top secret there are a lot of projects we've worked on products that are on the market where we're not even allowed to talk about it Um, others want to tell the story the stories are usually fascinating if you think about you know products that come to market they start with ether nothing (laughs) often you know it's it's a hunch that somebody has that this might be successful it's an invention it's a thought about how to solve a problem and that the stages of realization are so fascinating Uh and usually when our clients, customers and society in general gets, gets to see it, they're kind of amazed with it. You know, I think it's, it's like, people are just fascinated with, with other people solving problems and seeing what they go through. That's why reality TV is so popular. (laughs) You like to see the struggles that people go through to create anything. Right. Um, you would like to see the failures. We, we love to see these moments of humanity where there's tension and there's surprise and there's lots of emotionality. All of that occurs during the design process. This is not a a kind of a rote, like do this phase, then that phase, then this phase. No, you are, it, it's so emotive. I mean, the team argues. We, we have uh, disagreements about a particular direction or why something we feel is gonna work uh, when our client says no, it won't work. How do you deal with that? You know, how do you persuade a client to move to a place where you're going to allow them to succeed? And sometimes yeah. you have to strategically guide your client through a process to prevent the client from actually making wrong decisions. Sometimes because they they really don't know much about design, but everybody reads about design. You know, they can take design thinking courses and in three days and. Um, you know they feel like they are designers too, um, and a lot of marketing folks they 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 do know sometimes they know an incredible amount i 'm thrilled with, with the fact that design is it 's part of our narrative now right like everyone right
1: and so well i think it 's funny you know to your point, I know you 've come out with some some really fascinating and you know, the the design is simplistic and it hides, you know, really complicated product. I know, um, you know, there'll be some that I know you can talk about and others that you can't, but it's, um, you know, Apple had such an impact on some of those things, you know, 10 and 15 years ago as they came out with the iPod and, it, you know, that's a really simple design for a really complex, you know, product. And you know it's interesting where I sit on you know, the Edison Awards and, and other places, you're talking to people and they're like, well, we, you know, that, that's what we wanted. We want it to be you know, just like Apple. And it's like, yeah. well, you realize like how much time, effort, energy that took oh. to be able to get there. And you know, I know you've had a couple of examples
2: like that as well. Oh yeah. So I mean, sometimes the, your best solution, it is often the simplest solution. And those are often the hardest to pull off because they believe so much of what is inside this device. People generally want products that are easy to use. They want them, uh, they want to be able to embrace them naturally a new product that comes into your life. Think about it. You're like, yeah, it just has the right identity. It's got a good feel. There's a, kind of a full sensory array that uh, of, of experiences that that appeal to me. You know, it feels good, looks good, um, sounds right when I use it, clicks in the right way, presses and feels a certain way. All of these things have to be crafted and you want them to, to be Simple. They, you want them to do the job for you, whatever it, whatever it is. If it's a productivity tool, if it's, uh, if it's technology, if it's just a, a mechanical thing, you want it to do its job and have a presence about it. But sometimes that's all you want it to do. You want it to be a simple thing that just assists you. Other things like, um, you know, personal device, like a wearable thing, like a watch or your glasses or the things that you might have around your house. Also, say something about your identity Mm -hmm. they they have a personality you want them to have a personality even though their functionality might be very limited if you look at an analog watch on your arm very little technology there's a lot of history there a lot of mechanical history and and wonder actually it's a beautiful thing but it's mostly there to so you can feel good about that thing being on your wrist and it says something about who you are
1: yeah
2: and so design it's it does different things at different times for different people. And there's room for all of these products in our life, providing their, there's a lot of junk out there, Justin, there's so much stuff that we really don't need. Um, yeah. but there are a lot of products that do add to your quality of life and, Um, that's what we try to do we're really just and I think most designers really strive to you know add quality to one's life and at the end of the day I think is really what we're after
1: do you uh, as you look at some of these projects and and iterations and and even when they get to market um, do you immediately start to identify you know what you want to do for iterations for like you know second generation or, or next generation is that something that you you begin with or you know a lot of times um you know people say that uh, you know a product will be designed to fail after a certain amount of time how much is of that is
2: actually is actually true in my case very little that is true we rarely design for obsolescence i don't believe in it and it really ticks me off actually that that there are still companies that do. Mm -hmm. We try to, every single time that we design something, we try to explore what is the ultimate, the ultimate manifestation of whatever this thing should be. We go for the ultimate and well, because don't you want it to be able to stand alone, like for not eternity, but per se? But yes, you want. I mean, great design is timeless design. You know, yeah. there, there. If you look through the history of design, some of the some of the design work that Charles Eames did, for example, still gorgeous furniture. It's comfortable. It's beautiful. The materials are sustainable. Um, great work. And you know, it's kind of sad to see when you're designing technology, especially when you feel like you've accomplished something and a piece of technology ships, embodied in this product, you know that that technology itself will be obsolete and therefore so will your design. And that's, that's hard to deal with as a designer because you feel like you've put everything, your heart, your soul into something and then after it's on the market for two to five years, it's history. Yeah. And so there are some cases also when you're designing, to answer your question about, do you begin to iterate right away? Some projects you don't get to do everything that you wanted to in the design and you regret seeing certain decisions or details that weren't implemented the way that you hoped. And Mm -hmm. sometimes um, you just didn't have the time to do it, but most of the time as a consultant, especially, after a certain phase, it's kind of out of your hands. And a client might say, Well, we've got it from here. We're going to engineer it, produce it, and get it to the market. They ship it. And you're like, You walk into the store and you're like, Ooh, that's not quite what we designed. Right. That's frustrating. Yeah. It's maddening, actually. And so, yes, in those cases, we'll call that client up. We've got to fix this. We have to iterate, get us another shot at this, and let us usher it all the way through to production. That's when you can have more, much more influence on the quality of what is manufactured, is when the designer stays involved all the way through tooling even. Yeah. Being there with a toolmaker when the part pops off of an injection molded tool, for example, there are things you can still do to enhance the quality. Yeah, of course. So... Yeah, that's so give me a a couple of
1: examples of of um, what you would share with, uh, you know, startups, I guess, both if they're trying to get into design, but also, you know, companies that have a, you know, hardware product that they're they're trying to launch.
2: In regards to process or in regards to, you know, what they're looking for,
1: you know, uh, for support from, you know, a consultant or, uh, you know, where, At what point they should take that to you know a company
2: like Whipsaw? The earlier, the better. Uh, mostly because I can tell you through experience, a lot of startups will come to us and say, we have this big vision for a product and here's the technology and here's the marketing program that's going to be associated with it. Here's our business model, etc." But good creative firms... Good consulting firms will be able to rethink a lot of that. Go back and say, does that make the most sense for a business model? Or have you forgotten this element over here? So I always think it's better when you can actually engage with a client as early as possible. Um, I mean, Total is a really good example because Ali Arati, the founder of that company, came over to my house one day. I had known him from a previous project, Panologic, and he had a like, and we got an Edison award for that. Um, This electromagnetic, it was a motor, but it was kind of a pancake style motor. And he clamped it onto my dining room table and I pulled on this cable and he's like, do you think this has possibility to be cool as a strength trainer? As he's adjusting the pullback strength on his computer. I'm like, oh my God, yes, I'm gonna be involved with this. I'm gonna be an investor in it. Mm -hmm. And talk about early, I mean, That was very, very early. And we were able to help him with an overall strategy, thinking about a marketing plan, all the way to, you know, a subscription plan that was very different for strength training. Um, And there are a lot of stories like that where when you're working with a startup um, to engage early and help them with the overall thinking, not just design this thing. You know, a lot of companies will say, okay, we're." We want you to design something like this. And, you know, here's an example of it, you know, make it pretty, make it functional. But what about making it relevant? What about um, making it a blockbuster because we can shift the perception of the whole category by doing the following things, you know, and that becomes much more of a profound impact, of course. So that's why I say getting involved very early. It's um, it's paramount, in my opinion. I would
1: say with Tunnel, you certainly hit one of those home runs. that um, they are exploding now, and especially through. You know, it's one of the companies we talked about on the last uh, last segment that we did was, you know, that um, were positioned appropriately for the current events, and so, you know, it was, it's been pretty amazing to watch. Yeah. Thanks. Um, let me ask you then, what is some of the uh, reasons why they don't get involved early? Is it fear of cost? Is it fear of losing control? We talked offline about somebody that you said no to because um, design control you know, was, uh, was something that um, maybe they didn't have the, the aptitude for and to fit
2: into that process. Um, reasons that a startup might not engage soon enough is um, I think primarily maybe a a lack of knowledge or education about what design can bring to the party. They hadn't been through the process before, therefore they don't know the impact that the very, very positive impact that it can actually have. And the other is, yeah, there's there's a reluctance to spend money too fast, too early when you're a startup. You know, you have a certain amount and you have to you know, you have to survive on that for maybe a year or two. Yeah. And, um, consultants are sometimes, uh, they wait, they know the consulting can get expensive. So they'll wait for that. Sometimes a little too long. Um, we find that most VCs understand the importance of design and consulting going to a good design consultant and the VCs are the ones that often recommend us. So um, even though the startup company might not know anything about design, right. about development, because some of them start out with just an idea or raw technology, and they haven't really considered how to bring it to market. I mean, they'll, they'll come in with their business plan and it's, sometimes it's laughable. You know, there's like, well, we didn't think about design at all. We didn't think about how we have to engineer this piece of hardware, so we didn't allocate any funds to it. We just thought you could go to a factory in China and have this thing made. And we would just buy the tools when we needed them. Kind of a shocking approach, you'd think. But, and then they have sure. to be, you have to go through the whole process to, to uh, bring them up to speed on how things can be done in a much better way. Of course, doing it right in the beginning is, um, you know, it's an old adage of do it right, so you don't have to do it again. Right. Um, so a lot, of, a lot of startups learn the hard way.
1: So I guess last question for you is, as you've, you know, shepherded some of these uh, startups and established companies through design into commercialization, you know, what has a, um, you know, what is the impact of the Edison Awards, you know, had on some of these uh, companies that you've participated in that have gone through the process and, and what does that kind of validation, you know, mean
2: both to your team, but also to the clients? Um, it means a lot to both of those groups Um, I think mostly because it is it is a validation it's a kudos for doing an amazing job Um, a lot goes into designing and developing products and the only pat on the back that you get really in in the world is when you go into a store, for me this is the most impactful by the way, is when I'll, I'll see an end user that I don't know, be completely surprised about an innovation and delighted in a way that was just exactly how we had planned it and hoped and or when you go in someone's home and you can see that there's a patina on something that you designed 10 years ago and it's been loved and used for a long time. That's the ultimate reward. Yeah. But to be awarded by, by an organization like the Edison Awards, one is, I mean, it's an incredible honor, um, and it's named after, if not the greatest inventor ever, certainly he's up there with a Leonardo da Vinci and and others. Um, you know it 's our clients are proud. the design team is proud, of course, it means a lot to people and you 're up against a lot of great competition too, so you know if you do win it's it 's just an affirmation from your peers and your organization that greatness has been recognized and it just feels good when you 're a creator, it just feels good. Um, because what it's doing is it's, it's recognizing excellence on many different levels. It's the design, it's the, it's the feat itself, mm-hmm. it's the engineering, it's the technology, it's everything together. It's kind of what Edison stood for and is what he, what he made a living on and became famous for. Um, and he's one of my heroes. So like, yeah, I feel great. <laughs>
1: well, uh, we're, we're certainly um, been blessed to have uh, Lipsaw participate you know, for the last several years and, and uh, with all different types of companies too. So Dan, this has been great. I love these conversations. I think uh, you might be the the first to be a, a, a
2: third, third guest too. So, um, and we'll- Oh, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Anytime, Justin. I really, I really enjoyed talking to you as well. Anytime. Good deal. Well, until next time, this has been the Inspiring Minds podcast. Thanks, Jeff.
0: You have been listening to the Inspiring Minds podcast presented by the Edison Awards. On behalf of our guest today and host, Justin Starbird, thank you for listening. Please share your feedback on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Edison Awards. If you have a great guest idea or want to share your inspiring story, please email Justin at justin at edisonawards.com for consideration. Thank you for listening to the Inspiring Minds podcast.